Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about first steps for the newly engaged 2014 edition. I like to do this show every year around this time because so many people get engaged at the holidays, especially Christmas and New Year's Eve. A lot of engagements may be coming up for Valentine's Day. And once the rush has worn off and you think, okay, this is it, we're actually getting married, we can have our Disney wedding, what's the next thing I do? So I like to talk about what are the steps? What do you actually go through when you're going to sign up for a Disney wedding? So this year, I thought it would be fun to have Mindy Marzik from Budget Fairy Tale on because I'd like to cover the information for Disneyland as well as Walt Disney World. And there have been some pretty dramatic changes recently at Walt Disney World that change maybe whether or not you can afford an event. And I'd like to catch up with her about what's going on at Disneyland to see if anything similar is taking place there. So welcome, Mindy. Thanks for having me, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show. I like to do this show because for some people, they've been planning a Disney wedding in their head for years, and other people just found out when they got engaged that Disney does weddings. So I think it's nice to cover all the steps and give my listeners tips that are going to put them on the path to their dream wedding. And I'm sure you've noticed that too, probably around this time of year that you get a lot more hits on your blog because people are starting to think about weddings. Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially for me, because my now husband proposed during the holidays. So definitely in January, that was first on my list to call Disneyland and just find out just the basic, basic details. Because I always, like you said, I dreamed about it ever since I was little. And I saw that bride getting off the monorail. And I know that a lot of people are probably like me. So they're just wondering, can I afford it? what's involved, just everything. So I think this is great to just get some basic information out there. Exactly. And we're going to talk about the things that you can do before you call. Of course, it's okay to totally cold call them and not know your date or anything like that. But it does help if you do have some information. And so there are a couple things you might want to think about before you pick up that phone. And I know making the phone call for me was like the most exciting thing I had done ever. (laughs) Yeah, same here. I was shaking when I first made that call. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So but before you pick up the phone. Let's talk about step one. And for me, step one is decide whether you can afford it. Because obviously, if it turns out this wedding is going to be more than you feel comfortable spending, you're not going to want to go all that way. So the tricky thing is sometimes it can be hard to figure out exactly how much a Disney wedding costs. It's only recently that Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings has begun to put really detailed pricing information on their site. And I would say that that's a great place to start now to just get a general idea. But also there are some other resources that Mindy and I are going to talk about that will help you more specifically nail down what your costs might be. So first of all, 
Out at Walt Disney World, they offer three different types of weddings. So you might find one that suits your budget depending on your group size, what you're going for. The smallest one is a package called the Memories Collection, and that starts at $2,495. Basically, you can have up to six people. It's just the ceremony. It's a pretty short event, but if you were planning an elopement and you wanted to do something official at Walt Disney World, it's a great way to do it. And then you can add on your own meal someplace. You can order a cake if you want and kind of DIY it. The next package up is the Escape Collection, and that's for up to 20 people, including the bride and groom. And that ranges from $4,925 to $6,200, depending on what location you pick. But it's pretty all-inclusive. It has a cake. It has transportation to Epcot if you choose the Epcot location. It has a violinist. Uh, flowers for the bride and groom, cake, and then what they call fairy tale QV, which is like champagne. So basically, like I say, just the, the basics if you wanted to do an elopement, but for more than just a few people, it's a really good option. And it's pretty economical. The price seems a little high, but it also includes free passes to Walt Disney World for all four parks. So that is about a thousand dollar value that's included in the package. The last collection offered at Walt Disney World is the Wishes Collection, which is not a package. It's actually an a la carte option where you basically build your ceremony from the ground up. And there are minimums that you have to meet that depend on time of day and day of the week. So the absolute cheapest time to have a wedding would be Monday through Wednesday in the morning because if you have brunch, you only have to spend $125 per person on the food and beverage versus $175 per person for dinner. And then Monday through Wednesday, you have lower enhancement minimums. And these are set chunks of change that you have to spend on everything Disney offers. So you can decide what it's going to be, but just know that you're going to be spending $5,000 to $10,000 on top of the cost of food and on top of the cost of the ceremony site for the wedding, depending on what day of the week it is. So basically, the bare minimum would be a Monday through Wednesday wedding in the morning. $12,000 is the lowest you're looking at. The highest minimum would be a Saturday night dinner, and that's $20,000. But of course, if you have 100 people, it's going to be well over $20,000. So I did a show a couple months ago when they changed this pricing structure that has all the details, and it will totally break it down for you. I can link to it in this post. But basically, that's the range for wishes at Walt Disney World. So Mindy, can you talk to us a little bit about what they offer at Disneyland? Yeah, sure. It's fairly similar. The only thing is that we don't have a memories collection. So I'll start with the escape collection. And that is $5,000 with a room block. Now the room block is new in 2013. So we don't know too much information about it. We can maybe cover that in a future episode. But the 5000 is the escape. Without the room block, it is 6450 and escape weddings, just to remind everybody, they're only held at Disneyland Monday through Thursday before 2 p.m. So no weekend escape options or dinner nighttime options for escape weddings. And then the wishes package has different minimums depending on which day of the week you choose. And also they have different minimums for lunch and dinner, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Again, there's also a room block. So if you can't guarantee the room block. The prices are as follows. 15000 for a Monday through Thursday wedding for the minimum. 18000 for a Friday or Sunday wedding. And 21000 
for a Saturday wedding. Now that's the minimum expenditures without a room block. If you can meet the room block, the minimums are 12000 Monday through Thursday, 15000 on Fridays and Sundays, and 18000 on Saturdays. And then also new last year, they started doing an in-park escape wedding, and that is 15000 It includes a ceremony at, an, at a park location inside Disneyland, and then you go to a hotel for a brunch lunch type uh, reception and that's only for 18 guests plus the couple so I haven't heard much about that yet I'm hoping someone books that soon so I can talk to them <laughs> um, but so that's really exciting and then I also just want to mention since you mentioned it Carrie there are no annual passes involved with Disneyland weddings <laughs> this is interesting it's really interesting I guess we could do a whole show talking about the differences but it's interesting that Disneyland the price changes whether or not you do a room block at Disney World you're basically required to do one with a wishes event although they will let you off the hook if say you live in town or you're coming over from England and everybody's staying at holiday villas and then escape there's no requirement to do a room block but you can add one if you want and it has all the same benefits so that's interesting that it's it actually determines price out in California and I'm wondering, and this is just a theory that, you know, before last year, they never had a room block for Disneyland. So I'm wondering if they're kind of trying to transition into a full-time room block where you can only get a room block. But also, a lot of Disneyland weddings are locals, people who live in California, and sometimes they just don't need the hotel. So it's nice to have that option where you don't have to fill the room block. Definitely. A few more things to think about when you're trying to decide whether you can afford a Disney wedding. A, there are plenty of expenses that are not going to be paid to Disney. So even though you're going to be paying them $5,000 or $12,000 or $2,400, you also have to factor in that you're going to need to pay for formal wear, any travel if you're not local, rings, an officiant, your honeymoon, and then any services not provided by Disney. So if you wanted an outside photographer or you wanted to use a different company for chair rental, those are expenses that they may be cheaper than when you do them through Disney, but they're not going to apply to the minimum amount that you have to pay Disney. So factor that into your budget. And making a sample budget is a really good way to figure out whether or not you can afford a wedding at Walt Disney World or at Disneyland. A lot of brides will just make an Excel sheet. I put one in the back of Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons for Disney Cruise Brides and Walt Disney World Brides, both Escape and Wishes, that is self-calculating. So if you can find the costs of the basic things you want, you can plug them in and it will show you how much applies to your Disney minimum, how much tax you're going to incur on the things you want, how much service charge you're going to incur, and then how much above and beyond the minimums you'll be paying. And the way you can get prices for both Disneyland weddings and Disney World weddings, lots of resources online. Like we said earlier, the Disney websites now have more information. Another great resource would be message boards like the Diz Boards, which has an entire forum devoted to Disney weddings. And there's a thread on there called Share Your Budget, where people actually list their budget. So you can look up, oh, chairs cost this girl $10 six months ago. The price is not going to change that much. And then another good resource is the various Facebook groups, one of which Mindy moderates. That's the Disneyland Brides Facebook group. They are super helpful. They put a lot of great pricing information in there. And so you can kind of poke through there, look at people's BEOs, which a BEO is the banquet event order. That's basically the Bible for your day, and it lists how much everything's going to cost. 
cost. So you can comb through those to get the prices to plug into your little budget, and that will give you a more complete picture of what a wedding's really going to cost. Yeah, and also for Disneyland, if you ask your sales manager after you've called and you've established a relationship with your sales manager over there, um, you can ask them if they have any sample budgets for your estimated guest count, and they'll send over some pretty decent information regarding what your dinner is going to end up or dinner or lunch is going to end up being if you want to add drinks to that and if you want to add characters to that they can they can arrange something very basic for you that's a good point you know after you start working with a sales consultant you're going to be able to get a lot more information and certainly the most accurate information so anything you read online take it with a grain of salt you're going to need to get the final prices from your sales consultant but if you haven't even called them yet and you're like is it even worth calling them this is a good way to kind of suss out what you might expect to spend yeah definitely So then I would say step two, after you decide, hey, we can do this, is to pick a date. And you don't have to get your exact date right away, but even just picking a month will help. Sometimes a good place to start is whether you guys have a meaningful date, like the anniversary of the day you met or the anniversary of the day you got engaged. Maybe a special date like 1-4-14 or Valentine's Day. That's a good place to start if you have no preference, but a lot of times people know, oh, I've always dreamed of a June wedding, or I'd love to go at Christmas or during the food and wine festival. Following on that, season is very important when you're planning any kind of trip to Walt Disney World or to Disneyland because it can determine how much the rooms cost, how much travel is going to cost, and what the crowds are going to be like. So we'll talk a little bit about high and low seasons for airfares and hotels. At Walt Disney World, they're doing a really great job now of filling in all the formerly dead seasons with new events. So it's really hard to find a time that's super low attendance, super low prices, but they still do have value seasons in parts of the winter and then in the fall right after school starts. And I don't know, Mindy, if you can speak to that at Disneyland, if there's any time that's better than the other, or if there are just so many locals that it's always a bad time. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's definitely times that are better than the other. And like you said, you know, I used to tell people that October was the best time to go. And now with Halloween, it's one of the most crowded months of the year. So it changes, but I'm guessing that it's pretty similar to Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's interesting because we are annual pass holders at Disneyland and we found that going in the dead of summer, which is so counterintuitive, on a Saturday is actually easier than going in the fall on a weekday (laughs) because the annual pass holders can't get in. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true too. So that's interesting. And then other things to consider are that holidays can actually double or triple not just the crowds, but the prices of hotel rooms, the prices of flights, and you may even have higher minimum expenditures, at least at Walt Disney World. Yeah, we actually chose our wedding date. We did the weekend before Memorial Day for that reason. Everything was just a little bit cheaper than if we would have waited for the holiday. Yeah, and I don't think you should worry too much. I think a lot of people very kindly try to plan around holidays to make it convenient for your guests. But what we found was that our guests actually especially we had a lot of teachers. And so we thought, well, we need to do our wedding during a school holiday. And as it turned out, the teachers all said they would much rather travel when it wasn't a school holiday. And by moving our wedding forward two weeks, we saved thousands of dollars because President's Day weekend would have been so expensive. Yeah, I think the bottom line is that if people want to come to your Disney wedding, they're going to find a way to come. Exactly, exactly. So then beyond season, another thing to look at is what day of the week you want to get married. Like we spoke of earlier, you have lower minimum expenditures Monday through Wednesday. And at Walt Disney World, the escape events actually incur a minimum expenditure on weekends. So it's not 
a huge deal, but if you got married on a Saturday or a Sunday, you would be required to spend $8,000 on everything to do with your wedding. Of course, the package counts toward that, but it's just something to consider if you're really trying to keep it to the bare minimum expenditure. Yeah, it's the same thing for Disneyland. Um, the escape package is only available Monday through Thursday, so that's the cheapest package, the 5000 all-inclusive with the room block. So that's your best bet if you want to get the lower price. You're going to have to do it Monday through Thursday. And if you can swing a Sunday wedding, you'll save a little bit of money versus a Saturday wedding. Definitely. And I know that everybody, when they think of a wedding, they think of Saturday night and... Mm -hmm. And also talking about convenience for your guests, you think, well, they can travel on Friday and Sunday, but actually airfares are cheaper on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So what we found was that by having a Monday wedding, our guests could fly in on Saturday and fly out on Tuesday and get the cheapest rates. Yeah. And even if you have like, let's say a Sunday morning or a Sunday lunchtime wedding, people can still arrive on Friday, enjoy their day on Saturday, and still maybe fly back out or drive home on Sunday evening. So it's definitely flexible if you want to try to save some money. Right. And like you were saying, there are more local weddings at Disneyland, and I'd imagine that helps with that because so many people can just drive. Yeah, exactly. And then the last thing to consider is what time of day are you interested in having your event? The classic example, Saturday night wedding with the DJ and a full bar and everything like that. I know for a lot of traditional moms and grandmoms, the idea of a brunch wedding is a little bit uh, déclassé. But at Disney, you will find that a brunch wedding is, A, a great way to save a lot of money, and B, not usually considered that out of the ordinary by your guests because they're already there on vacation. And if you tell them to show up at 8 a.m. or you tell them to show at 8 p.m., they're going to do it. So you can save a lot, especially with a wishes collection in Florida, if you do a brunch or a lunch. And it can also make it okay to have a more casual reception if that's what you want, which means maybe you don't need a bar, save some more money that way. Maybe you don't need a DJ, save some more money that way. So mm -hmm. going the non-traditional route can actually help you save money and at the same time, not be that big a deal to your guests. Yeah, exactly. We had a lunch wedding and there's no brunch options at Disneyland at this time, but we had a lunch wedding and uh, it was fine. No complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone still danced and drank and had a great time. Plus, the other thing I liked was that you got great daylight pictures, like early morning light pictures were neat. You could maybe get afternoon sunset pictures. So, Yeah, you definitely have a lot of flexibility as far as um, pictures go. You can take it before the wedding or after the wedding or we, we took a lot of pictures during the cocktail hour, which was right around noon or so. So yeah, it, it was great. That's cool. And then I would say the fourth step before you call Disney Weddings, I know you got your fingers poised on the dial pad. <laughs> <laughs> One more step um, is see if you can estimate the number of guests. And I know this sounds super hard because how do you know who's actually going to come? First, you have to figure out who you're going to invite, how many of them are going to show up. So we'll try to give you some ways to guesstimate. For one thing, certain kinds of weddings are going to limit you on your guest count. So that's going to be a no-brainer. You do an escape, you can only invite 18 people besides yourself and your significant other. Yeah, it makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's great, too, if you want to keep it small on purpose, you can always say, oh, Disney won't let us invite any more people. <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing to consider is that the response rate for destination weddings varies between 50% and 75%. Now, Disney reports that they have a higher than average response rate because people say, whoa, this is at Disney. That sounds like fun. But in general, what I see, at least with Florida weddings, especially Florida weddings where people are coming from halfway across the country, is you really get 
closer to like 60% or even less. So you'll see people who are like, I invited 120 people and only 60 showed up. That's pretty normal. Um, it might be different at Disneyland though, Mindy, because like you say, you got a lot of locals. Yeah, I, I would say that for us, our response rate was probably somewhere between 80 and 90 percent. But we, you know, were very strategic with the people we planned or we invited because we knew that we could only invite a certain amount of people. But I'll just say that my husband's entire family is from the East Coast, and most of them, I think, with the exception of one aunt and uncle, flew in, and and they were very excited about it. So. You never can tell. <laughs> that's great, yeah. Well, and that's something to consider too is if you can just keep your guest list down at the start, if you're paying for the wedding all by yourself, you get to pick who gets to come. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if your mother's first cousin's stepson's dog washer has gone to every wedding <laughs> in the family. If she's not paying, she doesn't get to pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, you know, we did use the excuse, which was true, that, you know, our ballroom had limited amount of people. And if we went up to the next higher ballroom, it would have been thousands of dollars more. So, right. um, yeah, so definitely we had a good response. And I think for Disney, typically you'll see a pretty good response rate. That's interesting. And that's a good point about your venue, because knowing a ballpark of how many people you're going to have will help you work with Disney to know what venues you can even have, or like you say, what ones you can afford to have. So Yeah, exactly. We kind of set our budget first, and then we found out how many people we could invite based on that. That's great. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. So then step five, you get to call Disney's fairy tale weddings. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so for Disney's fairy tale weddings in Florida, you can call 321-939- 4610. And Mindy has a super cool direct number that you can call for Disneyland. Yeah, um, it's it's to a call center, but you'll you should reach a person if you call between uh, during business hours, Monday through Friday. But that number is 714-520-7079. And we should warn you that the first person you talk to is not going to be a sales consultant or wedding planner. And the reason I mention this is because your inclination might be to ask them a bunch of questions, and they're going to do their darndest to answer those questions, but a lot of times they do not have access to the most up-to-date or accurate information. So do not worry too much about what they tell you. Obviously, they're going to be able to give you general rule of thumb kind of information that's going to be helpful, but if you ask them, can I get Atlantic Dance Hall on this date, or is it okay if I bring in my own centerpieces, they're not going to know the answers to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can, at least with my experience with Disneyland, basically... Um, what they'll probably do is take your email, send you some information like brochures and maybe a price list um, or basic pricing. You know, they can look up dates to make sure that that coveted date you want is available or not. But then once you have the information, you'll have to call back and then at that point request to speak with a salesperson. Yeah, that's interesting because I think for a lot of us, we wait and wait and wait for this window to open because there are different booking windows for the different collections. Um, right. And you call and it's sort of anticlimactic because they take all your stuff and then you don't hear back for a couple <laughs> days or you have to call them. Yeah, or whatever. So, so don't worry. But speaking of those booking windows, a good rule of thumb is to call between 9 and 12 months out. So at Walt Disney World, for wishes, you can actually call up to 16 months out if you want to use the wedding pavilion, it can't be booked till 12 months out, but you can still start 
working with them at 16 months out. If you're having an escape collection at Walt Disney World, they will start talking to you nine months out, and then you can book at eight months out. And then if you're having a memories collection event, you can start talking to them, I'd say, about eight months out, but you can't book until six months out. And I think they have to put a cap on this because otherwise they'd get a lot of looky-loos, you know, people calling two years in advance who then <laughs> never call it back and they've put all this investment into them. And so Yeah, exactly. And it's sim- something similar with Disneyland. Um, with Disneyland, you can book a Wishes event up to 18 months out and uh, an Escape event up to six months out. And for me, I called, I believe I called at about 16 months out and they were very happy to talk to me and I signed the contract the next month. So you can go ahead and try calling and they'll give you as much information as you can. But generally, a year and a half is probably the limit. Right, right. And so if you are outside the window, this is a great time to hop on the various forums devoted to Disney weddings to check out all the different groups on Facebook devoted to Disney weddings because you can start getting ideas, start planning, ask other brides and grooms questions, and kind of give you something to percolate on until it's time for you to actually make that booking. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you'll be able to do once you start working with a sales consultant is plan a site visit. And often at Walt Disney World, they will let you do that before you sign a contract. But Mindy, you were saying that it's a little different at Disneyland. Yeah, I was um, telling Carrie before we got started that it used to be you could go, like I did my site tour before we signed a contract or I gave them any information. And that has changed in the last couple years. Now if you request a site tour, your sales manager will send you a self-guided site tour that you can do on your own, and they'll include a map to some of the more popular locations. And keep in mind that Disneyland Resort compared to Walt Disney World is really small. So walking around the three hotels you know, will take you about an hour tops. But if you want an in-person site visit, you do need to sign a contract and have your deposit sent in And you can always, as long as they're available, change your venues if you see something you like differently when you're out on your site visit. Right. And that's a good point because Disneyland, there aren't as many events that take place in backstage areas that you couldn't get to on your own. So if you have an annual pass, or maybe even if you don't, if you're okay with just looking at the resorts, you can cover a lot of ground on your own. At Disney World, there are more locations that you simply cannot get to without having a sales consultant take you there. Yeah, and if you're interested in a Disneyland in-park event, then that's a whole different episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't have too much information about how that gets started, but they will certainly help you with that if you make your deposit. And the thing about the deposit is, you know, once you decide that you do want to get married at Disneyland, I'll speak for Disneyland only, once you do decide that, you put your deposit down, and then if you need to make changes, as long as everything's available, you can make those changes. Right, and that's actually true at Walt Disney World, too. I think a lot of people get nervous that they have to know on that first call exactly what they want, or by the time they sign their contract, and it's not true. Like you said, as long as things are available, you can change at any time. Right, up until a certain point. But <laughs> and then yeah, it's too late. <laughs> definitely. So, like, we, we put our deposit down and we're so worried that everything was set in stone, but it was a little bit fluid for the first couple of months. I think we actually changed our date one time after we put our deposit down. And, you know, as long as it's available, it's fine. Right. Same here. We changed our date and it was not a big deal. And we even had sent out our save the dates and they just, at that time, they were sending out save the dates and they just sent more. So that was good. 
<laughs> so, well, Mindy, thanks so much for being on the show. I think that hopefully this will give people a great starting point. If you're listening and you want to know more about each of these collections, there are shows on all the different collections at Walt Disney World. And then I've also done shows with Mindy and other Disneyland brides about some of the options at Disneyland. So I'll put some of those links in the post on the website for this episode. So Mindy, I really appreciate your taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope that this helps some people. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.